0: How's everybody doing? You sound so somber now. Uh, Wow, you ready for the word? We pack a lot of good things into one morning meeting, don't we? Aren't you appreciative of Craig, Claire, Joe, Sandy, Bill, Jerry? I'm so grateful that we have uh, healthy couples. Uh, helping us lead, guide, govern, and coach the congregation. So, it blesses me. And thank you, Craig, for your part this morning. Uh, Let's stand real quick and pray over the Word. just, Just pray over your own heart, prophesy over your own heart. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. I welcome you right now to be the centerpiece of expression in our midst, to bring the knowledge of Jesus the Christ, Yeshua, the Messiah, uh, into this gathering and into our hearts. We, we welcome you to bring Father's heart, that Father's heart would be uh, clearly seen today, that we would be caught up in the vision of Father. We welcome this. We, we uh, covet this in our midst, and we give place to you with thanksgiving. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen, amen, amen. Hey, my voice is better today. Can you tell? Hallelujah. I've been claiming Psalm 103. He healeth all of my dis Amen? And he's doing, he's doing it. He's doing it. He's doing a great job. And uh, I'm so blessed. Uh, I want to talk to you this morning about catching Father's heart. Uh, that's what I want to talk to you about. Catching Father's heart... Um, uh, and I hope that that I can catch your vision with catching Father's heart. Uh, that's my prayer this morning. That uh, that we would be caught up in what Father has in mind uh, for the planet since the fall. Um, uh, so let's uh, let's jump into this a little bit. And uh, I guess I want to start with a little bit of thoughts about me. Um, um, When I was younger, I got some kind of an inkling that I was called to the ministry. And my parents served as pastors. And uh, so I started getting kind of a call that I, uh, or some kind of an inkling, some kind of a feel that I was called to uh, ministry expression like this and uh, so i want I, I want you to think about this you know think about this in in our particular stream denomination and we were for the most part immersed in a denominational flow um, so we had camps and we had bible colleges and we had this and we had that in our particular stream you know if you were called to the ministry you were kind of set apart you were kind of recognized you were you were kind of special in our camp you were kind of special uh, and uh, and I wouldn't say that I was anxious to be that, uh, I would actually say that I was kind of hoping I, it wasn't that. Uh, but I had an inkling that it maybe was that, you know. And my parents were really good, they they never really called me to the ministry, that was really good. Uh, so, you know, my dad thought I should go to school for business and get a business education. I don't know where he got that. But, um, but you know, instead of impressing upon me, yeah, I'll go into the ministry. I think you're called. Yeah, I think you're called. You know, uh, and I, I could see the wisdom in that. But I began to prepare for that. And if you, if you, at one point, I began to recognize, and and I think there was a, a little bit of a faith issue there. That if I really gave my, uh, if I gave myself to this, what would come of this, even in the future, economically, or uh, as I would say, especially economically, because I. Uh, in my observation, pastors were poor, and congregations were glad to keep them that way. <laughs> and, and, a good pastor is a poor pastor. Uh, 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 anything other than that shouldn't be trusted. Uh, and and uh, so, at one point, though, I began to I began to yield to the journey, uh, which meant. Um, which meant more preparation, which meant Bible college and, and all of that. And and I want to submit to you that a lot of this that we do, though it has uh, that has valid structure to it, it had, and if, in our denomination, uh, there was very, very valid structure. And if you felt called to the ministry, and we kind of all knew what that meant in our denominational structure, that meant uh, you feel called to be a pastor, you feel called to be an evangelist, you feel called to be a pastor, you can... Uh, I, I said that one, uh, you feel called to be a missionary, then, you know, there would be special calls forward, you know, for you at summer camp or, you know, this or that, the other thing. We even had PK retreats. You know what a PK retreat is? Uh, a PK is a preacher's kid. So, in our denomination, uh, if you were a preacher's kid, then you got to go to the PK retreat. Did anybody ever go? Joel, did you ever go to a PK retreat? This Joel, that Joel? No? You never went? It, did they have those? Oh, didn't have them. All right. Too bad, buddy. You missed out on something good. <laughs> so, but at the PK, did you go, honey? You went to the PK retreats? No way. Thank the Lord we were in different states. We wouldn't have liked each other. Um, <laughs> we had to meet when we were older because we wouldn't have liked each other when we were younger. Or But, you know, you'd go to the PK retreat, and at the PK retreat, the preacher's kid retreat, I think there was, you know, there was a little bit of, you know, multi-generational, maybe you'll be like your dad, you know, are you called to the ministry too, you know, kind of a thing, and, you know, some of that multi-generational, you know, prayer, anointing, slathering of oil, or whatever. Um, But where I want our minds to go is in just the preparation. You know, if you're called to the ministry, if you get this sense you're called to the ministry... At some point, if you yield to that calling, then you begin to pre- prepare to fulfill that calling. You begin to prepare for the ministry. You actually begin to think and sculpt your pathway, your trajectory, your life around being used of God in the ministry in some way, right? And in, in most cases, that's some kind of a local church or missionary uh, uh, trajectory or uh, local church-centered uh, 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 expression—that's the word I wanted. Expression. Bear with me. Uh, but I, so even though that has validity to it, in 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 uh, in our denomination, it was very, it was there was some clear delineations to some of that and even though that has validity to it i want to submit to you that in a lot of ways it's still clinging to an old wineskin and this old wineskin of a clergy and congregation of moses and the people now now this this wineskin by the way the wineskin this wineskin was introduced to the children of israel 430 years after the promise of the Spirit and the promise of the blessing and the promise, the promise of dominance and, and the pro- was given to Abram. So, it's introduced, and so the wineskin that I'm talking about is the mosaic wineskin that was predominant from uh, the time that it was given, 430 years after uh, Abraham. It's given to Moses Mount Sinai, and it existed until essentially 70 years after Christ when the tabernacle was torn down in terms of its predominance. And, and I just want to encourage you, I want to stir you, I want to arouse you that in a lot of ways the church today still clings to elements of that wineskin that we are meant to forsake. Now, I'll try to explain that a little bit. For instance, I think God's intention with Israel, uh, and he introduced this maybe, uh, I think his, his, his ultimate intention with Israel was actually bigger than what came to pass in the wineskin. It even is bigger than what we understand about that wineskin, but yet we cling to elements of what we understand to be and what came to be of that wineskin. In other words, I think that uh, all along, the law was not supposed to invalidate the promise, but the children of Israel allowed it to come to pass. This is part of why it wasn't working and part of why... uh, it had to be replaced by him who foreshadowed the law. Are you, are you with me at all? Because here you've got, you've got the world in a fall. You've got the world in debauchery. And actually, God's calling on Israel and God's vision, the vision that he wanted them to catch, was that all of them would be priests, not just a tribe of them that all of them would be ministers, not just a tribe of them, that all of them would walk with them, not just a tribe of them. Because if they would have tapped into the promise and married the promise to the principles, then they could have walked in both. And that's why when we see things like Deuteronomy 28, if you hearken, if you obey, then you'll walk in this abundance, you'll walk. And when we see all of this stuff Uh, It's because the promise preceded the principles, and so the principles weren't meant to invalidate the promise, but they allowed it to come to pass that the principles, the law, became center instead of the promise. But the objective that God had all along was that all of Israel would be the light to the nations. The, the scriptures that we see Jesus talking about in the New Testament, about you, you are a city on a hill, you're the light to the nations, he had already declared that. Father had already declared that over the 12 tribes, over Israel, over Jacob. This is a reiteration of what he already declared. And So, if you can imagine, you know, the globe or the world is getting populated with those who don't know the Lord, who don't know uh, holiness, they don't know cleanliness, they don't, they don't know righteousness, uh, the, you know, the world is filled with uh, prostitution and violence and uncleanness and unjust balances and all this stuff. And then he says, I'm calling you, all of you, to be the pastors of the world. That's the original vision, that the whole nation would be the pastors, the ministers of the entire world, that they would be the reconciliatory emissaries, not just Levi. When we get wrapped up in Levi, we get wrapped up in the altar, and we get wrapped up in the sacrifice, and we get wrapped up in everything that happened. But that was just the tribe who there... Their duty, as it were, was to take care of the tabernacle. But that was not the sum total of what God had in mind. And other tribes had spiritual meanings. Judah meant praise, did it not? Other tribes had spiritual meanings, such as prayer, such as praise. And, and, and so, all, and, and we got to, uh, I can take you to a couple verses. Um, And these verses come into fulfillment then in the New Testament. It's interesting. We see these verses declared in the Old Testament. We see these verses reiterated, and they find a new and a fresh fulfillment in you in the New Testament. But for instance, and I could go to many of them, but it would would be too much for our time. But Exodus nineteen five and 6, now, if you will obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all the nations, you will be my treasured possession. Although the whole earth is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words you are to speak to the Israelites. Now, the way we would cook that down because of the old wineskin that we have embraced, we would actually subconsciously somehow cook that down to uh, him talking to the Levites, that the Levites would be the set-apart ones, they would be the holy ones, they would be the priests, they would be the representatives. But he isn't saying that. He's actually saying... All of you, I've actually called all of you to be the light to all the nations. All of you will be priests. All of you will be a treasured possession. All of you, and and all of you, in, in today's vernacular, he was saying all of you will be pastors. Though you will have different expressions, though you may even have different vocational expressions. See, the Levites, their vocation was to take care of the tabernacle but the others had different vocations but that did not exempt them from being a called out treasured holy people who were to be the salt and the light and who were to be the treasured possession and who were to be the influencers the pastoral teaching evangelistic influencers to the entire globe that was god's heart from the beginning He hasn't changed his mind about this, right? First Peter two, listen to First Peter two. As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by humans, but chosen by God, and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God. Now now, what does a priest do, by the way? A priest offers spiritual sacrifices. That's one thing a priest does. You know, what I thought Jesus was the priest. I thought Jesus was the high priest. I thought that's why we're going to a Protestant church. We kind of protested that there are other priests that are necessary. I thought he's the only priest. If he's the only priest, then why he's calling me a priest? Because you actually offer unto God a spiritual sacrifice, which is you laid on the altar. When you lay you on the altar, you enter into the priesthood of sacrificing that which is now a pleasing offering, a fragrant offering to God, this is one of the ways that you enter into the priesthood, is that you lay you on the altar. And you count yourself as dead. And when you walk as a dead man and participate in death to the corruptible nature and to the edemic nature, then you enter into a sweet-smelling aroma do you, remember the, do you remember the part that blessed God when they brought an offering into the tabernacle, the part that blessed God uh, when he smelled it from heaven, they would bring it into the natural tabernacle, is the burning of the flesh. The burning of your flesh, man, on the altar of God when you bring when you bring the corruptible part of you to the altar it is a pleasing aroma to father and you enter into the priesthood of all believers that he's he's called us to this and then when you when you bring your corruptible nature to the altar and you present your corruptible nature there then you become one who is useful to him right and this is what a priest does a priest also represents others. A priest is an intercessor. A priest is a go-between. A, a go between. We actually are those Ezekiel 22 emissaries who stand in the gap, where, where, where God says, I looked for one who would stand in the gap. He says this to Ezekiel. He says this to Isaiah. Uh, at one point, they say, here am I, send me, right? He, he's looking for one who would stand in the gap. This is what an intercessor does. So, we too participate in these roles of the priest. He's called us to be a nation of kings and priests. Not kings only. I, 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 don't, I don't know that I like this. There's elements of the seven mountain theology that says we have some who are kings, we have some who are priests. Now, if you're a king, go out and be a king. That means you have this territory rule in the mountain of media or the mountain of education, the mountain of this and that. You know, go lead the way, go lead the charge, go make a lot of money, go do something great. I'm going to hang out here. I'm a priest. You're a king. No, 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 no. We are a nation of kings and priests. Craig is a king in his field. He is a priest every moment of every day. We are both at the same time. We are both at the same time. You are a king and a priest of your God. And your vocation has thrust you into a place where I can't be and where the person beside you can't be, your vocation has thrust you into something as it did with Dan, as it did with Asher, as it did with Ephraim, as it did with all of the tribes. Their vocation has thrust them into the nations, to expression in the nations, to be a priest where, the, where, where I can't be, where nobody else can be. And we can't forget that. We can't forget that we have been, that we are first that we are first, this treasured possession of God, actually the pastoral, evangelical, missionary uh, movement of God to the nations. This is what we are first. first, 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 first. This is how he sees us. And I know there's there's value in there's some value in uh, 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 recognizing certain offices of ministry, but since we're all called to the ministry, how are we preparing? How are we walking? Are we recognizing the importance of this because he's actually depending on you? In that spot where he thrust you, well, 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 I'm really wired to be an engineer. Well, I'm wired to be a musician. Well, I'm this is my vocational thrust. He's really, he's really depending on you, where he's thrust you through the desire that he put within you and the gifting and the treasure that he wired in you. Doug, construction, concrete. He's actually depending on you. He's depending on every one of you, wherever He's thrust you, by the gifting, the talent, the skill, the the desire, the passion that He wired in you. He's trusting that you will be the pastor every single day in that place where He's thrust you. He's trusting that you will be the salt and the light, that you will be the treasured one, that you, will be, that you will never forget that you're the minister. That you'll never forget you're the minister. They're not going to church. Church is coming to them. Church is coming to them, and it's coming. It's coming in your shoes. Church is coming to them in your shoes and this is this is where, and I've been trying to tell you, this is where our treasure is. Even this is where our treasure is, because we we because we're holding to this. So what happened is uh, the period uh, the period of the the law, and just trying to make it brief and kind of short, you know, the period of the law, the period of the mosaic system and the tabernacle and the law. Uh, and and all that went with that, the ceremonial law, the sacrificial system, uh, all of that, that because it did not yield the fruit or the fullness of what God had in mind, uh, of course, he, he replaced that with, The prophesied and the coming Messiah. But but on the heels of that, we ended up with kind of this cleric system, this mosaic system. We we ended up with this system where where we where we we maybe process at some point as we come into Christ, am I called to the ministry? And then we kind of process, well, if I'm not called to the ministry, then, okay, well, I'm called to be an engineer. Well, I'm called to be a real estate broker. Well, I'm called to be a financier. Well, I'm called to be a stockbroker. Well, I'm called to be… And so, we kind of process it that way, and then we begin to prepare for our calling. We begin to prepare for our vocation and to be a church attender. not a minister, but a church attender, because, because the devolving of the Mosaic system, the devolving, and I'm not blaming Moses, and I'm not blaming God, but the devolving of the Mosaic system brought us to a point where the clergy, clergy, and the laity lay. It brought us to a point where we, where, where, we hire, where we hire our ministry out And we bring our tithe to hire our ministry out, but we ourselves are not called to ministry. We're called to this over here. So, and if we live under kind of the end road of that thinking, that if we live under that, then we forget every day that we're called to the ministry. So, if a joke's a little profane, we just let it go, or we might even giggle at it, but we don't you know, if, if, if there's doubt or unbelief on the job site, if somebody's sick, if something falls apart, uh, if the poo hits the fan, whatever goes, you know, whatever happens, you know, out there, oh, I'm trying so hard to set, but this is so hard. We forget that we are, we are Jesus on that job. We are Jesus on that job. We are Jesus on that job. We are Did I finish First Peter two? Did I even read it? What happened? Oh Lord have mercy. Let's get back to the Bible. For in the scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion. Everybody say Zion. This is critical because you know now, you know, now we know, and this is what this is what historically Christians have believed since the ascension of jesus christians have believed that we now derive our citizenship from heavenly zion not earthly that's why today we could worship and expect the holy spirit to be here and we aren't anywhere near jerusalem that's why you can have the you can have as same at least the same Holy Spirit experience in Tacoma, Washington, as you could today in Jerusalem, even on the Mount of Olives. People say to me, you know, don't you want to go there, and isn't it cool there, and what's it like there, and I can't wait to get there? Well, I went there, and I've had just as wonderful Holy Spirit experiences in Fife, Washington, as I've had in Jerusalem. because we now derive our citizenship from heavenly Zion heavenly Jerusalem so this is why this is why so many scriptures about Zion and about the breaking out of a new Zion and the restoration of Zion historically from the resurrection until today Christians claim those Scriptures as their own and have been walking in the divine fulfillment of those Scriptures even though they recognize and acknowledge there will be a physical fulfillment as well for the children of Israel. So, we haven't replaced them so much that they won't enter into it. We haven't replaced them in that it won't come to pass for them, but we have entered into the promises and are partaking of them now, having come to heavenly Jerusalem. Are you with me? okay so see i lay in zion a stone a precious cornerstone and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame now to you who believe this stone is precious but those who don't believe the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone and a stone that causes people to stumble and a rock that makes them to fall they stumble because they disobey the message which is also what they're destined for but you are a chosen people now he's declaring over The New Testament believers in the first century, those who are now hearing of Yeshua, they're hearing of the Christ, he's declaring over them who are now accepting the Christ as the Messiah, the same thing that was declared in Exodus 19.6. You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light on Sunday only unless you're a pastor called to the ministry. Then you can do it Monday through Saturday as well if you've gone to Bible college and graduated from cemetery. No, that's not what he's saying. He's saying every one of you, you are now the fulfillment of God's dream. You're the fulfillment of what God had in mind. What God saw in the beginning, that he would raise up a chosen people out of 12 sons, out of 12 tribes, and those chosen people, this chosen nation. I'm not supposed to raise my voice. This chosen nation (laughs) would pastor the globe and everywhere they go. Some would hang near the tabernacle, but others would be more privileged. They would get to leave the tabernacle. And did you hear what I just said? You think I'm the privileged one. God thinks you're the privileged one. The other 11 tribes would leave the tabernacle, and they would go where they were sent, but, but where they were sent as emissaries into the Gentile nations, and they would bring the light of the Word. They would bring the light of truth. They would bring the light of God. They would bring the righteousness of God. They would bring the ministry that counsels. And for that, God would bless them and cause them to eat the riches of the nations. Listen, listen, when you embrace that you are first a priest that you're actually a counselor of God, that they shall all be called. We'll read it in a minute. Isaiah 61, they shall all be called ministers. People should actually wonder, are you in the ministry? This is not a bad thing. If people actually wonder, like, have you gone to Bible college? You're like some kind of a freak. You're a fruitcake. What is up with you? You're constantly positive, prophesying over me all the time, getting all the, you've, all this positive stuff. The other day you prayed for me, I got healed. Did you graduate from Bible college? You just got the greatest compliment you could ever get. If you're not getting those, start making it your new ambition. See, you're called to the ministry. Have you taken some Bible college classes? Well, no. I'm I, 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 I'm a plumber. Oh, really? You're a minister plumber. Well, I'm a doctor. You're a minister doctor. Well, I, well, I just work at uh, I, I I just work over here at uh, at the bank. You're a minister banker. Let's prepare for ministry. We're offering prophetic classes. Let's get in there. Let's go for it. We're offering healing classes. Get in there. There's Bible school classes. Get in there. Go for it. There's books to read. There's education. Why? Why? Because I want to be fully qualified for that which I'm called to. What if you gave as much to the qualification of your first calling as you have to your second? Some of us have gone to two, three, four, six, eight years of college or schooling, additional schooling for our second calling, but your first is minister. What would happen? I'll tell you one thing that would happen. We're going to read it right now. Of the riches of the nations, you would boast. Suddenly you would be the head of plumbing and not the tail. Suddenly you would be the head of physicians and not the tail. Suddenly, you'd be the head influencer in the banking industry and not the tail. You, you, you mean it's got something to do with my, uh, 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 uh. it's got something to do with, with my passion for, for my ministry? I, I thought ministry was just spiritual. Oh, 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 but when you embrace the spiritual, then Father makes you the head of the natural. Oh, 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 oh I, I, but I, I'm not gifted for that. I, I, that would way beyond, Father. You see, I stutter. You what? You stutter. Huh, Sound like Moses to me. Didn't Father say, quit unbelieving? Who made your mouth? Didn't Father say, who made your mouth? Didn't, didn't Father say, just believe me? Anybody in the house? You still home? Uh, Isaiah 61. Oh, I love this. I love this. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me. Now, Isaiah 60 and 61, this is what I'm talking about when I talk about Galatians 4, 21 through 26, when I talk about Hebrews chapter 12, when I talk about how you've not come to the mountain that is, uh, uh, that is shaking with fire like Sinai, but you've come to Zion, you've come to the heavenly Jerusalem, right? This is Those Scriptures are the Scriptures that tell us, in part, that Isaiah 60, Isaiah 61... It's already started from the Zion that is from above. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom to the captives, and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, and to comfort all who mourn, and to provide for all who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of Mourning. By the way, have you ever partaken of any of this stuff? Well, I got a question for you. Are you living in Jerusalem? Are you have you partaken of this and never moved to Zion? How could you possibly partake of the oil of joy instead of mourning if you've never moved to Jerusalem? Oh, because you are a citizen of the heavenly Jerusalem, right? And in Luke chapter 4, Jesus stands up. It's his first time in the temple in the ministry under that which he began after being baptized in water and in the Holy Spirit. And he says, hand me the scroll of Isaiah. And he opens it up to Isaiah 61 right here, and he begins to read this. He reads it, and then he says, today this is fulfilled in your hearing which was an inaugural sign, meaning Isaiah 61 is coming to pass. And that was the beginning of a shift from natural Zion to heavenly. And all who enter in and become citizens of the heavenly Zion begin to partake of the blessings of that city. Are you with me? You still with me? You okay? They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. They will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. Strangers will shepherd your flocks. Now, here he's talking, by the way, here vocationally, he immediately, we see right here, he's not talking about the Levites. Because the Levites took care of the tabernacle. So, he's, he's mentioning those that have other vocational expression, right? Yes? Strangers will shepherd your flocks, and foreigners will work your fields and vineyards, And you will be called priest of the Lord. You will be named ministers of our God. You will feed on the wealth of the nations, and in their riches you will boast. Instead of your shame, you will receive a double portion. Instead of disgrace, you will rejoice in your inheritance. And so you will inherit a double portion in your land, and everlasting joy will be yours." I could really pick this apart right here at the end, but I'd have to be careful. I'd really need to look at the Hebrew specifically, but when it says your land, it doesn't say the land. When it says the land, it means specifically Israel proper. But when it says your land, it might mean that it's referring to wherever you dwell, you who are citizens of the Zion from above. You okay with that? But do you see what it says here? It says, you will be known. You have a reputation. I pray that you are praying, Lord, let me have a reputation. What's the reputation? Well, it could be best bus driver on the planet. It could be best salesperson in the city. But Lord, let me have a higher reputation. Let me be known as a minister of my God. Let me be known. Wow, there's a morning prayer. Because He actually has called us out as this new nation of these who are indwelt by the Holy Spirit to be that salt, that light, that pastoral team. You're a pastoral team. Let's stand this morning. I got to thinking this morning about… I don't know, if you're, if you're a part of a crazy team that thinks they should conquer the world, like Amazon, uh, can I tell you something about uh, Jeff Bezos and the Amazon team? Um, they don't have any boundaries. If you're going to conquer the world, you don't want boundaries. Like don't call me after 6 p.m., this is my personal time. Like, after 8 p.m., like, I'm watching a show, and I'd rather not be bothered. I only do a small group on Tuesday. The rest of my week is filled with game nights and Xbox. Please don't bother me. If you're going to conquer the world, you actually kind of erase a lot of boundaries. We had a privilege, uh, a, a recent privilege to... Here, Stephen Furtick, of whom we love, Stephen Furtick uh, sharing with Chris Brown, and they were sparring with one another about ministry and uh, answering questions, talking about ministry, talking about Elevation Church. And uh, a confession came out that would blow the mind of most staff members. The confession was that A Easter song that has now gone across the planet, sold millions of copies, been listened to by millions of people, one of the top YouTube play songs, an Easter song that we probably all think that must have taken like mountains of orchestration, how many office days putting that thing together? Well, because, you know, an office day at the church, that's only like nine until four. And so, it probably took, you know, mountains of… But uh, him and Chris are sparring back and forth, and they're talking about how that… Yeah, they were texting lyrics back and forth for that song until one in the morning. The worship team didn't even… One in the morning on Easter Sunday… The worship team didn't even get the final score for that song till like four in the morning. One in the morning? I got some boundaries. I got to sleep. What do you think? I'm called to the ministry? What do you think I'm called to take over the planet? What do you? How crazy are we about... What we're called to? How crazy are we about this? This prime? How taken up are we? How passionate are? I mean, I heard that and I I was convicted. You know how I was convicted? Because because I got boundaries. (laughs) I got. I was convicted because I got boundaries. At one in the morning, I'd kind of like to be sleeping, not texting lyrics to my worship guy. But if, I, but if I was texting lyric to my worship guy, he's got boundaries, and so we'd be violating each other's boundaries. And so, I mean, after all, it's kind of a union deal, you know. Ministry is kind of a you know we can only operate in certain hours, and we can only use certain things, and we can only, you know. It's a little bit more of a union thing. So, I, like, you know, I'm really i'm not the lyric guy anyway that's 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 his job he's the leery guy but he can only do it between nine and four god's heart god's vision god's passion you are a holy people you are ministers you are bible college educated you are well read You are healers, you are counselors, you are recovery emissaries. you are hope. Nobody has a more hope-filled voice than you. You are joy, you are peace. Your shoes are shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, so wherever you go, you actually bring peace into every situation. You are truth. You are faith, and you pack the shield of it around. And you don't have boundaries because you're meant to take over the world. 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 God wants to take over the world to kick the enemy off and light up the heart of every person with joy, and hope, and peace, and destiny, and righteousness, and healing, and love, and joy. Do you believe it? Hands up all across the auditorium, would you do it? Welcome. Let's welcome his passion. Welcome his passion. Welcome his passion. Welcome his passion. Let's welcome a shift out of an old wineskin into a new. Let's welcome a shift. Holy Spirit, we welcome right now the grabbing of our hearts, the catching of our hearts with the vision of Father. We welcome right now this calling on our lives we are your ministers we are your emissaries we are the ones you've set apart we are the ones we are the one. we welcome right now we welcome a burning passion we welcome the casting down the moving aside of boundaries of boundaries of things that keep us from the effectual working of the kingdom expression we welcome we welcome we welcome we welcome the coaching of jesus who is the pastor of us all who is the chief shepherd who is raised up who has raised up a people a pastoral people a counseling healing ministering people we welcome the coaching of Jesus we welcome the fire of Jesus we welcome the life of Jesus to stir us up and to refresh us as we're sent into our spheres of influence we welcome we welcome. We say yes to you. We say yes to you. And of and of the riches of the nations, we shall boast. And we shall be known as ministers of our God. Oh, we thank you for it. We give you the praise for it today. In Jesus' name, let's give him a thank offering this morning.